It's time to eat. Get in my belly. Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Evan Silva. Me so hungry. On the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. So nice. We do it twice every week. Ross Tucker, the former NFL O-lineman, Evan Silva, the best in the biz from rotoworld.com. We are with you twice a week doing our tiers of Evan. Yesterday, it was wide receivers this week. So now quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers all in the can, as they say. We'll get to tight ends and then my O-line rankings over the next couple weeks. Christopher Harris is today's guest. He is excellent. He'll join us momentarily. If you are looking for a place to make your online wagers, head to betonline.ag. Use promo code PODCAST1 to receive a 50% sign-up bonus today. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Evan is at Evan Silva on Twitter. Of course, many of you know him from Roto World or his Twitter account. He's an excellent retweeter, as I pointed out before. I'm at Ross Tucker, NFL, and we are very, 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 very fired up for Christopher Harris. We're also fired up to let you know this week's winners of the season-long Fantasy Feast League contest. Here's how it works. For those of you that don't know, you just take advantage of any of the sponsors that you hear on the show or over at RossTucker.com on the sponsor page. And if you take advantage of any of them, and they're all legit, we wouldn't take them if they weren't legit. They usually have a code where you get a discount, and a discount off of something that's already pretty awesome. You forward it to me, Ross, at RossTucker.com, and say, I want some, Ross. I want to kick some you-know-what. And I say, all right. And I pick three each week. The winners this week, Mike Jensen. He signed up for TuckHeads.com, which I love it. By the way, if you send in a sponsor confirmation between now and September 1st, one of those emails, you get to try TuckHeads.com for a month. That's the community uh, message board for all the listeners of all the different RT Media podcasts, which is awesome. Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Ross Tucker Football Podcast, College Draft, Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. So, Mike... Come on down, dude. You are contestant number five, I guess that is. Brian Gunderson, he took advantage of the Saks underwear, ballpark pouch, game changer. Keep your boys where they're supposed to be. It's the best feeling thing I've ever had down there. And then you've got Justin Conlin, who took advantage of a couple of different sponsors, including The Athletic. We talked about The Athletic last week. The Athletic dot com slash fantasy feast so um that was pretty cool so you are the three winners this week we will get to three more next week one of the advertisers by the way that you could take advantage of how about mint mobile they are taking a big bite out of big wireless look so many of these things we've just kind of taken for granted and just thought okay you just have to pay that much money you have to pay a hundred and however many bucks For your wireless bill. Eh, Wrong. You can still use your own phone number and your own phone with your Mint Mobile plan. You keep your existing contacts. Everything's fine. You can even choose between a 2, 5, or 10 gigabyte 4G LTE plan. 
You're not paying for the unlimited data that you never use anyway. Unlimited, duh. 15 bucks a month. There, this is everything that's right about Mint Mobile and wrong about Big Wireless. Give it a chance. You don't need to be paying as much as you're paying. You put the SIM card in to get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month. Here's what you do. You get free shipping, by the way, on your Mint Mobile SIM card that you put in your phone. Just go to mintmobile.com slash feast. That's mintmobile.com slash feast. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month and get free shipping on your Mint Mobile SIM card at mintmobile.com slash feast. And the, the key I tell Bri, and, and you've, you've been using it, Bri, so you know that you get a seven-day money-back guarantee. So you, you know, people are like, I don't know. What will the service be like? What do you have to lose? You can try it for seven days. If it stinks the first day or two, then forget it. But you get seven days to make sure wherever you're driving, wherever you're using it, is legit. But one point on that, Ross, it doesn't stink. So you don't have to worry about it. I like it, Bri. Well, that's C. You would know. I love it. There you go. First person endorsement. Brian Neal for you right there. Speaking of first person endorsements, we like that from our guy Christopher Harris. Let's do it. Next meal. He is one of our favorites, which is why we have him on every year around this time. He does an absolutely terrific job. His name is Christopher Harris. You can catch him. On Twitter, at Harris Football. He's all in on the Harris Football podcast. He's got film. He's got stories. HarrisFootball.com. He is the man. And we love talking to him every year. Chris, it's Ross. It's Evan. How are you, my friend? Doing good. Thanks for having me on, you guys. Absolutely. So I think most of the listeners know your background now because you've been on a couple times. But... Again, how did you how did you first get into the, the, the fantasy stuff? I mean, I don't know. Did I ever tell this story on the show? I mean, so I was getting a graduate degree in creative writing because I write books on the side. You know, they don't really pay a lot of money, but they're fun. And uh, they, they call it's an MFA in creative writing and they they call it a terminal degree. And it's for a reason because you're pretty much dead once you get the degree. There's nothing to do. So I was sort of casting around for something to do and found a website that had a contest to become a fantasy football writer and I played and I was a writer so I tried and then won that contest within a few months Yahoo found me and then a few months after that ESPN found me and sort of took off from there wow that's kind of a quick ascension there that's pretty that's pretty that was pretty that was pretty nice yeah I mean it was a long you know it's 10 10 years ago so I guess that's maybe it's just good timing <laughs> so all right so let's get into fantasy football this year and I'm going to let Evan have, handle most of the conversation. I guess one of the things I like to know, though, is what's different in your mind going into this season? It's so like we, we're constantly learning, and that's one of the things I respect the most about Evan. He consumes so much, uh, both in terms of podcast listening and food and beverages, by the way. But he consumes so much and gets himself so that he's always learning. He's always improving, which is why I think he's, you know, the best guy out there. Um, what What's new for you this year? Like, what have you learned or what do you have a theory or a, a, a motto sort of going into this year based on recent experiences? 
So I know that you meant the best out there, present company accepted. Obviously, that was, un- <laughs> was implied. It was understood. Um, I mean, so I'm a film guy. I would just watch them all on film. All summer, that's all I did. I have this uh, player profile almanac This that I know Evan has a copy. I just updated it this morning. Um, that's like 200 pages of, of a bunch of film observations and jokes about players uh, where I, I feel like my I feel like the market sort of always comes back to me eventually that my theory on this stuff kind of hasn't changed for a long time and some years people go no you know what we should be doing is zero RB and I go well no actually running backs are scarce and then some years it's Antonio Brown's the number one overall pick and I go no actually running backs are scarce and now this year we had a, a year where the top run top wide receivers didn't do so well and the top running backs did and so now the market comes back and I'm like oh look Everybody's ranks kind of look like mine this year as opposed to previous. So not that I'm always right in my player evaluation, but I feel like the approach that I've always taken is watch the film, decide what you think of the player. Don't worry so much about the situation. Don't worry so much about the depth chart. Don't worry so much about the farts and whistles coming out of coaches' mouths. Just trust that generally speaking, not every time, but generally speaking, talent is the thing that wins out. And if you have the best players and a team suddenly becomes the Rams from last year that nobody saw coming, then you're you have, if you're the best player on that team, you're going to benefit. And that's true We every year. We don't know who the best teams are. Uh, the surprise offenses are going to be. I just want the good players and then let everything else take care of itself. Evan, he's all yours, my friend. I might have something at the end, but I like to just listen. Well, we are kind of uh, in the midst of our tiers at each position. And um, this week we are focusing on wide receiver tiers. And you were talking about good players. So I'm just going to run down the, the, the tiers and ask you a couple of questions on each tier. Sure. I had Doug Baldwin in my first tier uh, as the wide receiver nine. Um, and speaking of good players, Doug Baldwin, awfully good player. Not a whole lot of target competition in Seattle. Um, you know, he's been a consistent producer. He's given us spiked weeks. Uh, he has a, a very aggressive quarterback, you know, the, the, uh, Seattle, uh, whose pass attempts have uh, risen each season. Although it seems like Seattle wants to scale them back. I'm not sure if they'll successfully be able to do that because their defense is, um, really, really deteriorated, but Doug Baldwin comes down with a knee injury. And I mean, I had to move him down my rankings how are you treating the doug baldwin situation right now chris harris (laughs) so evan silva i was i was holding fast man i was like ah doug baldwin hasn't missed a game in five years Mm -hmm. who needs who needs training camp i think even as of friday i was saying on the podcast on my podcast like hey it's cool man and then i got into an industry draft where my rankings said i was supposed to take him and i realized ooh, maybe i'm not quite as risk tolerant as i thought <laughs> so i did for this almanac update that i just did i lowered him a few spots I, I he was he was 10 or 11 for me and now i'm at 14 among running backs mm-hmm. still think the likeliest scenario is all the things that i just said we're still a month away from the games counting and okay he's not going to play all month but i i I think I'm still going to draft him because, like you said, he's really good. But I have to be sort of risk tolerant to do it. Instead of considering maybe late second, I'd much rather get him sort of mid-late third. But, I mean, 
if someone who is not as risk tolerant said, I don't want him inside my top 20, I get it because certainly on the table is the possibility that he starts playing and then we wake up in week three and it's sore and he needs surgery. And then you're, you're sort of SOL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the story about how you kind of tested your own rankings. <laughs> I do that too. Big time. You know, I can't in good faith leave a guy yeah. at a spot in my rankings if I can't myself draft him there. Um, See that, yeah, Ross? Mike, I learned things yeah, too. Damn it. There you go. I like it. <laughs> um, all right. So I'm just going to read, read you off my first tier. I want you to pick out of this group, Chris Harris, someone who may disappoint from tier mm-hmm. one among the wide receivers, okay? okay? Antonio Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, Odell Beckham, Keenan Allen, Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, A.J. Green, Mike Evans. I mean, it's the the easy answer is Evans, I guess. Mm-hmm. He's, he'd be the lowest yep. in that group for me too. I have him ten. I have uh, I don't. I think you named everybody I have above him except I have Tyreek Hill. So I I okay. I would put Tyreek Hill in that group too. But I, I'm going to draft Evans if he's ten among wide receivers for me. It's not like I don't like him, but the the reasons that he might be might disappoint are fairly obvious. I mean. He's been fantasy's wide receiver one one year, but last year he was what the wide receiver 20. And that was disappointing with Jameis Winston at quarterback. And Ryan Fitzpatrick sort of is Jameis Winston. They're sort of brother from another mother. They, they kind of play the same way. But Evans kind of is what he is. He's a deep ball artist who needs to make a few big plays and usually does. He's a really good player, but I could see him disappointing. Yeah, I, I kind of could too, especially with like Chris Godwin is ascending – you know, they've got two tight ends that are very capable pass catchers. Um, Deshaun Jackson's not going anywhere. You know, Adam Humphreys, he has uh, commanded a, you know, a, a fairly significant role in the slot. Dirk Cutter always talking about how he wants to run the ball more. They did use a top 40 pick on a running back. Um, you know, speaking of which, and then we'll move on to the second tier, uh, have you had the opportunity to watch uh, the first week of preseason games and were there any strong takeaways uh, if you if you've watched them all i mean i i let i let myself off the hook and didn't watch into the second halves of these games because mm-hmm. frankly i can't do it to myself but i did watch all the all the number one offenses just to sort of weigh in and see what i saw i think honestly the truth is it's a complete waste of time except andrew luck and that's my takeaway is now i've seen it with my own eyeballs and and the bar was fairly low <laughs> because all I needed to see was him not have his arm fall off when he threw and to see him throw it with with power and look like Andrew Luck. And I thought he did. And I said this on my show today, the first throw of this year is very different than 200th to say that he's without risk just because I saw him throw nice in the preseason is stupid. But I, I lifted Luck in my ranks from like 13 to 8 based on mm. see, at least seeing him move around because – just he's got the kind of 4,000-yard, 30-touchdown upside that people want to think Deshaun Watson has. Yeah, I think that the the best way to treat Andrew Luck is to be kind of Bayesian. And the the more positive information that we get, like we could just continue to move him up. And I've been super, super cautious on him. I think I had him at quarterback 19 before the uh, – first preseason game and i already have him up to quarterback 14 i'm still being super cautious on him like definitely below consensus 
Um, but that's the, the exact way, I think, to treat him. Staying on the topic of the Colts. So T.Y. Hilton kind of falls into that same category as Doug Baldwin. Obviously, he's healthy. But, you know, not a lot of talent around him in the pass catcher core. Uh, the defense doesn't look like it's going to be very good. You know, they do play indoors. We're gaining confidence in Andrew Luck's arm. Um, I'm thinking about moving him ahead of Mike Evans, who right now is my wide receiver nine, and moving T.Y. Hilton to wide receiver eight. Uh, where do you have him right now? Um, and just what are, your, what are your general thoughts on T.Y. Hilton? I mean, this is a dude who is one season, you know, one Andrew Luck injury-ruined season away from leading the NFL in receiving yards. Right. Yeah, 13 for me. So if you if you had him at nine or whatever, I wouldn't. I wouldn't blink. That's fine. Um, I so you you know the the perennial complaint with T.Y. Hilton is touchdowns and like I I think it's probably so Julio Jones same thing right Julio Jones T.Y. Hilton two elite receivers in the NFL and two elite fantasy receivers whom about whom people consistently complain about touchdowns Julio Jones I can't explain. I, I see the film. I see him getting all the targets. Just something doesn't work out a lot of years. He's had double-digit touchdown years in his, way, in his distant past. Mm-hmm. But I can't explain it because he's big, and, so they're, and they throw it to him a lot in the end zone, so there should be no reason. I think I can explain it with D.Y. Hilton more because he's little. He's 5'9". Mm-hmm. He's 180. He's not likely to be that much of a red zone threat. He's got to make the Tyreek Hill touchdowns. He's got to have the Doug Baldwin touchdowns. He's got to sort of finagle his way. And so if there's a if there's any blemish on his fantasy stock, it's that. It's okay, he's not as Mike Evans has a lot way, a lot more ways to score touchdowns than TY Hilton does, but at some point you're splitting hairs and touchdowns are a little bit random and you can get a couple of burst open plays and all of a sudden TY Hilton's got 8 or 9 and you're good. And so I wouldn't complain at all if you made that adjustment. Going back to the idea of, you know, testing our own rankings by participating in drafts and seeing if we actually do stick to that, stick to our rankings when we're on the draft board. Um, one guy that I have not been able to pull the trigger on recently is Amari Cooper. Um, hmm. And just what are your general thoughts on Amari Cooper? I mean, I, I, I really want to love him. And, and I, I like, you know, John Gruden's history. You know, John Gruden used to be a wide receivers coach. He coached Sterling Sharp. He's already compared Amari Cooper to Sterling Sharp. Um, I have Amari Cooper at wide receiver 19, but I have Juju Smith-Schuster at wide receiver 20. And I've been drafting Juju Smith-Schuster ahead of Amari Cooper. Where do you stand <laughs> on Amari and maybe you and maybe just talk about him and, and Juju as well. Well, maybe you need to make a switch. Maybe you need to walk the yeah. walk there, Evan. Evan Solo. I know. <laughs> I, know I have I Cooper 17. I have Juju 18. So we're of the same yeah. mindset and yep. whatever, one or two. We're essentially the same on these two guys. So with Cooper, it is about – you know, so it's a terrible season. It's the worst season of his career. What, I think – was it seven games with fewer than 50 yards receiving? A three-game span early in the year when you hadn't gotten off him yet, where he had, in three games, four catches for 25 yards total. <laughs> that is unacceptable. The, the idea that we're right back to calling him top 20, he sure must be talented. Uh, and he is. That Remember the Kansas City game last year? The things he actually can do, the routes he runs, the, the sort of in-flight adjustments, he's a different kind of cat, but it is... It is maddening, and if people just wanted to be off of him because last year was so so disgusting, I totally understand. 
um, like you just how many you know if I was going to line up the best single game wide receiver performances of last season that Cooper against Kansas City game would be in the in the group uh, and as far as Juju goes so it's an easy comparison because he used to play for the same team but if you treat him like you treated Heinz Ward I feel like you're going to do okay to me that's kind of what Juju is he's not a blow you away with speed guy he's not a blow you away with quickness guy he's got fantastic hands but he just kind of makes play. There are times where people catch him when he's running like a long punt return back or a long screen that he takes to the house or takes a long way. And you're like, okay, they caught him. Why aren't they, why aren't they getting him on the ground? And there's just something about the kid. Like, and he is a kid. He was the youngest player in the NFL last year. There's something about him where he's just a better football player, maybe than the sum of his parts. And I think I don't care really what else is there. I think you get a guy like that involved in your offense. And there are, 35 40 passes a game in every offense and you know last year six or seven of them went to juju every week and i think that's enough for him to be a pretty safe wide receiver too yep and one of the things that they did the steelers did is they put him in a slot a lot last year um and we saw like cooper uh, cup have success in the slot as well um i, I like when uh, these receivers get transitioned in the slot. They run higher percentage routes. We saw Nelson Aguilar break out in the slot. Um, you know, that, that can be a very beneficial way for uh, these guys to just have a better chance to get open. And Juju Smith is kind of, Juju Smith Schuster is kind of a mismatch in the slot. And, you know, referring back to that Kansas city game, Amari Cooper played 35% of his snaps in the slot that game. The rest of it is, uh, season he played 18 percent of his snaps in the slot i wish that they could get him moved inside more um, but it seems like they're going to go with ryan switzer as their slot receiver but um, i don't know Ho- hopefully they'll move amari around a little bit this year last guy from this uh third tier i want to talk about sammy watkins so sammy watkins is very much a, a conundrum for me i have been taking him a decent amount in drafts um in that six around that sixth seventh round um and I, I don't mind taking him but i don't have like a high level of confidence in him where do you have sammy watkins and have you been uh, getting him very much no i'm sort of done I, he wouldn't be in that tier for me and i recognize that if i'm the one who's coming on your show and harping on talent that there are a few receivers who have the kind of talent, raw ability, things that we've seen Watkins do on film. You want to talk about a good game? How about that 49ers game for him last year when he was still mm-hmm. with the Rams? Like, dominant. And I'll say some of the some of the problems Rams-wise last year could be related to scheme. They, he came in late. Maybe they only trusted him to do the deep ball. Jared Goff didn't throw the deep ball very well. I went, I went back and watched every target over 20 yards in the air to Watkins, and I think like two of them were catchable. So it winds up looking like Watkins had the bad year when, in fact, it was Goff not throwing the ball down the field that well. But just for at some point, it's always something with this guy. And I'm kind of just let... It, it, he's talented enough to make my rank of him look foolish, and actually, I'm okay with that. Sometimes there are just players I want to give a rest to and say, if he goes off and you drafted him where he's going or before where he's going ADP-wise... I tip my cat and I say, good, you got some value out of that pick. I'm just, his highs are so high, but there's, you know, the fact that he cut his dreads is not going to be the reason I draft Sammy Watkins because he's suddenly serious. (laughs) Like I, I'm afraid it's just, it's always something with this guy. He's complaining about Mm -hmm. something, his foot hurts and I sort of am just staying away 
and and for all the talk about oh the deep ball was the problem in he ran hundreds of shorter routes with the Rams last year hundreds why is he not getting the ball like I he had thir- what how many thirty nine catches like that's for a whole season I know he scored eight touchdowns but that's fairly lucky uh, there, to me it's just not worth the trouble Evan before we get to the next tier I don't know if I had a chance to tell you about the guys over at FFE that I got a chance to meet up with at the National Fantasy Football Convention. It's really cool, man. Uh, it's an up-and-coming seasonal competition. They've got a unique three-stage format, and it's really fun for everybody to check it out. Here's the, here's the thing. You can enter by buying a team for around $25. Here's, you can draft with your buddies. You can draft in bigger leagues, whatever you really want. The key, though is they have a $25,000 grand plot prize plus over 110 other cash prizes. So there's a lot to be won. So here's the deal. You play with whatever group you want, even if it's just your own private group of buddies, but you're automatically entered if you do that for the 25000 So what I've been telling people is if you're not sure where to play or if you want to try something new, why would you not play at FFE? So that you can play with whatever group you want, a group of people you don't know or a group of people you do. Either way, though, your entry, your team is uh, going ahead and has a chance to win the 25 grand. It's fantasyfootballevolution.com. Again, www.fantasyfootballevolution.com. Take the chance to win the 25000 playing fantasy football just like you would anyway. And they got some other really cool features of it as well. One more time, fantasyfootballevolution.com. All right, next tier, tier four. This is like, for me, this is wide receiver three slash fours who have like some sort of upside that maybe could finish as wide receiver twos. The guy that I have started, uh, that I've been drafting the most lately out of this tier is Robbie Anderson. Um, Hmm. I love him as a deep threat. I continue to have confidence in the Jets quarterback situation, regardless of who they throw out there at this point. I mean, Robbie Anderson was the wide receiver 14 overall until Josh McCown got hurt last season. I like what I've seen seen and heard about uh, from Sam Darnold. So far, and I think Teddy Bridgewater can can get the ball uh, to the receiver. So I think that the Jets quietly have a pretty good quarterback situation. And um, I'm not really sure who else the Jets are going to be throwing the ball to. Uh, they do. It does sound like they like the rookie Chris Herndon, but you know he wasn't even available for their first preseason game. He's battled injuries since last year. Uh, Quincy Anunua. We've seen him have one big year under Chan Gailey, who was kind of a kind of a, a creative OC, and I'm not sure that Quincy Anunua is necessarily going to play a big role. Jermaine Kirst did have a decent year last year, but I think that Robbie Anderson is the clear one there, and it seems like he's not going to get suspended despite a couple of off-the-field issues. What do you think about Robbie Anderson's game, number one, and number two, what do you think about his fantasy potential this year? His game is exactly as you described. He's a string bean. I mean, 6'3", mm-hmm. 190. There are almost no equivalents in NFL history of somebody that tall and that thin who've been successful wide receivers. Basically, kind of none. And uh, that's okay. We like fast. That's cool. He makes big plays. 
I think he somewhat has a has has a hard cap on his fantasy potential because he doesn't really he's not going to run great in the in the broken field. I mean, he'll run he'll run past you. Once he's run past you, you can keep going, but he's not going to dance around people in the in the open field. He's not really a leaper, so you're not it's not sort of a jump ball situation and he's you, if you send him over the middle, he's going to get killed eventually. So m- much of what he does is that down the sideline stuff which works and is fine. I don't know. I read uh, I don't I don't go go for I don't go for the positive reports from beat reporters, but I read one Jets beat reporter this weekend when he did his uh, presumptive 53-man roster and he left Robbie Anderson off because he he said I still assume a suspension is coming. Mm. So who knows. I think that yep. risk should still be baked into the price. Uh if for for the uninitiated what he's been arrested twice in 2 years, he just drove 105 miles an hour in a 45 and that wasn't so good trying to escape. Oh, you don't you don't do that, Chris? Uh, no, and it wasn't just – it was a matter of like he saw the police and went faster, which maybe not what you're supposed to do. Um, so I think you, I think you should, you should probably bake uh, the, 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 at least the risk still into, into the rank. But wide receiver is a deep, flat position. And I almost go into those rounds where you're going to be taking a Robbie Anderson or many – you know, a, two dozen other names – almost being zen about which one I get because I can I can make a case for an awful lot of them. I wouldn't reach for someone like Anderson, but if I get him at what I think his fair price is, which probably is right around where you think your his fair price is, I'm perfectly happy. I think he's winds up being a, a nice wide receiver 3 with some with some boom weeks that can win win me a week. Yep, yep. I've got him at wide receiver 33 right now. Um, I feel good about that. Uh, let's move next down to the uh, the fifth tier. And I'm going to pick out Tyler Lockett out of this tier. Tyler Lockett, you know, we got banged up Doug Baldwin. We've got, you know, a lot of missing targets from last year with Paul Richardson and Jimmy Graham gone. But we have Tyler Lockett, who's been kind of a disappointment so far in terms of production, always kind of dealing with some sort of injury. Um, Do you think that he can make the leap this year? Uh, Because he certainly, the, the opportunity sets up well for him. Sure, a fine late round pick. I don't mind if you want to spend your thirteenth round pick on Tyler Lockett. I don't, I, you know, the pl- the player I have him right behind is Martavis Bryant. The player I have him right in front of is Michael Gallup, and you can take any of them because you can see the path to any of them mm-hmm. being a surprise. I, it's hard for me to go, oh, and that means that dude is just such a, has such a better chance of popping than someone like Bryant or someone like Gallup. Um, I mean, people who've listened to my show since I left ESPN, which is now three years ago, which is unbelievable. Um, know that I couldn't have sold Lockett harder if I was related to him for the first couple of years. Uh, just what's not to love about someone who's that fast, but also who's that quick. As fast as he is, he might be quicker. But why isn't he producing? And and I guess, you know, 2016, he breaks the leg at the end of the season, and they claim that 2017, he never was healthy. Okay, but he didn't produce before he broke the leg. And at some point, I just go... Maybe this is just sort of what he is. The Seahawks offense is weird because so much of what they do happens out of shape because of what quarterback Russell Wilson is. Wilson has obvious limitations. He's not all that accurate a passer. He's not all that great a defense reader, but he extends plays better than anybody. He's Fran Tarkenton, for heaven's sake. He's amazing. And and that's why Doug Baldwin's so great because Baldwin can keep shape and be where Wilson expects him to be. And maybe it's just that Tyler Lockett can't that once the offense sort of loses its shape as the play continues and Wilson still isn't down, maybe I, I can't even say this is the case, but for some reason you would expect someone as fast and quick to be awesome 
in that situation when things break down and Lockett just flat out hasn't been. So even though I see what you're saying and I don't mind taking the shot, I just see also, I see similar breakout potential from all sorts of guys. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Last year, these are guys that are just flyers, you know, really late round flyers. Um, And this particular player has started to generate some buzz recently because Brandon LaFell got cut and because John Ross, hey, top 10 pick last year in the actual NFL draft, um, you know, just a mysterious kind of rookie year. I mean, he essentially played behind Josh Malone. Uh, Josh Malone played 38% of the Bengals snaps from weeks seven through 17. John Ross, like wasn't even heard, heard from uh, at all. What is your, what is your thinking on John Ross? Just a kind of another late round flyer, like Tyler Lockett. Yeah. I have him a couple of spots ahead of Lockett for whatever that's worth. Who knows what he is? All I know is he ran, he broke a record at the combine for the fastest 40. He's, so he's fast. But if a, if a, mm-hmm. Speed translates. Speed should speed's the one one of the few things that you should be able to come into the NFL doing and making teams account for. Like Will Fuller couldn't do a lot in his rookie year and eventually winds up getting hurt, but at least they put him out there and let him run fast. And the Bengals wouldn't even do that, so it makes you worry. Now Ross came in with a shoulder injury, maybe that just never allowed him to play. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I guess the reason I have him five spots ahead of Tyler Lockett is that I've seen Lockett for a few years and I've only seen Ross not play for one. But a hundred percent. It's a complete flyer. Don't know. Can't, can't imagine. Can I just mention that someone, if I'm going to be thinking about players in that range, I like DD Westbrook mm-hmm. and because Jacksonville's got all sorts of reasons not to like DD Westbrook. They've got a very crowded receiver depth chart. They've got Blake Bortles. Again, I sort of came on the show saying talent above all. And I think Westbrook is more talented than Keelan Cole, who I know a lot of people love. I think he's more talented. No, he's more talented than Marquise Lee and Dante Moncrief. I just don't want a piece of. I think Westbrook, if I'm thinking about in that range, I've, I've been getting him in almost every draft because I have him ranked higher than the this this bottom tier that you're talking about. So since other people don't, he's my flyer in that range. So if and when the speed that you saw when he was at Oklahoma and just in general in the testing process, if that rears its head, I liked, I mean, Westbrook has done more with the scant playing time he got as a rookie in December last year than either Lockett or Ross has ever done. Christopher, awesome, awesome stuff as always. Uh, what did I, some of my notes, Bayesian. That was an Evan term though. You have to explain to me what Bayesian is, Evan. <laughs> I was um, an econ major, I know. <laughs> yeah, well, well Bayesian, you don't want to accelerate when the police are chasing you. There's a lot of good stuff here <laughs> that I learned. Um, it was awesome. Thanks so much for coming on the show as always. Hey, thanks guys. I want can I put a plug in that we started a YouTube channel? Uh, youtube.com slash Harris Football, and I'm doing a daily show where I'm breaking down film. So I make such a big deal about how, uh, you know, what guys look like on film. And most of the time I'm podcasting and people can't see what I mean. And now I can actually show people with game film. So hope people will check it out. Chris, if people did plugs, then the next thing you know is I'd just be saying Ross Tucker football podcast or bet online <laughs> or pro football focus or mint mobile or any of those things. You can't, you can't be doing that. Even money gambling show. You just can't be doing something. No, that sounds awesome. Actually. I'm glad you're doing that. I tell everybody to check you out on Twitter at Harris football so they can consume all of your great content. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me guys. So you got Evan's tears, you got Christopher's reactions to Evan's tears, 
And if you want even more knowledge just being dropped, it's pro football focus. They've got edge. They've got elite. Two different programs where you can take your fantasy football knowledge to an even increased level. Pretty awesome, all the knowledge that's out there. This is how you separate. I always say when I give speeches and stuff, the separation is in the preparation. Separate yourself by getting PFF Edge so you get the fantasy draft guide, the cheat sheets, which are huge, positional matchup charts, and their award-winning fantasy content. Or you can even step it up to PFF Elite so you get the Green Line Pick Center, the DFS Optimizer, so much more. Look, it would make sense that these guys have some great fantasy stuff because they track every player on every play. So nobody else is really doing that. Join PFF Fantasy today and prepare to win. Sign up now at ProFootballFocus.com. So awesome. Love you guys that try to qualify and be in the league. we got six spots left, so three next week, three the week after. Take advantage of any of the awesome sponsors or just rate and review the show and take a screenshot and email that to me, ross at rostucker.com, and you could be in business that way as well, which is cool. And even the Amazon banner ad on the homepage, that counts Anything counts, basically. Um, and hopefully you guys are already subscribed to this show and subscribe to Even Money if you like gambling. Put money on the games. That's a very, very successful show, both in people listening and in our bets. Business of Sports, Andrew Brandt. You've got Fran Duffy on the college draft, breaking down the college dudes, getting you ready for when they're rookies or for your dynasty leagues. There's a whole smorgasbord. And the Raw Soccer Football Podcast. I hear that guy's pretty cool also. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, and the College Draft Podcast, all available on iTunes at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found.